I'm Alex Barlow, Editor-in-Chief of Breitbart News, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. We begin today's show with a breakdown of the Super Bowl, the halftime show, and the inevitable rioting that took place in Philadelphia. How woke was it? Well, you'll have to listen to find out. Then we get into some more UFOs being shot down by the U.S. and Canadian government. What do we know? Well, not that much, unfortunately. A train derailed in rural Ohio caused a chemical explosion, and the media seems almost entirely uninterested. It's another one that I think falls under the category of mistakes by Mayor Pete. So we break all that down and share again what we know about the situation. Then we cap off the opening with an epic woke story as well. Before we speak to our guest, Congressman Derek Van Orden, retired Navy SEAL, he shares all he knows about the UFOs and why he's becoming increasingly concerned about escalating tensions with China. Let's get into it. start today is with the Super Bowl, believe it or not, because that is kind of what everyone is talking about. I'm on the front page of the Daily Mail currently and scrolling through and it's nearly 100% Super Bowl content. Even Breitbart's mostly sort of Super Bowl at the moment. Supposedly that's where the energy is, uh, but that means sometimes some of you guys don't show up to the show. You're supposed to show up at 6 a.m. That's 3 a.m. on the West Coast and 1 a.m. if you're in the Hawaiian Islands. But uh, some of you don't show up early on Super Bowl day. Just notice that. It's just a thing. I wonder if traffic across the country kind of skews later. Um, so I will bring up a couple of things, but I'll start off with the obvious question. Did you watch? Are you still boycotting? Uh, I am. I didn't watch much uh, uh, of it. Uh, I have to keep an eye on it for work. I did not really watch much of the the football. Um, the football kind of, I, I, it sounded so-so. It sounds like there was a stupid penalty at the end of the game that made it sort of anticlimactic. I guess that was the that was the thought, but until then the game was okay. I guess that, that was the consensus it seemed like online. Um, but interesting to watch the halftime show, which I did watch for purposes of keeping an eye on any wokeness that took place. But getting there, there was some pretty interesting content to be had. They played the Black National Anthem, the Super Bowl. So that is um, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Um, kind of pandery a little bit, and I, I just makes you think that maybe we're not done with the big woke moment. That uh, the Star Spangled Banner are not enough. We got to have a second anthem, and just for one particular group of people, constant reminder about our racial divisions. Can't have a can't have an afternoon without reminding everyone that hey, you know what, United States, we're not good on the race stuff. If any of you have been living under a rock, just to let you know, we're not great about race here in this country. So we're going to single out one race. We're going to play a special national anthem for them. It's not a, I, I don't say I dislike the song per se. It just seems like um, on a day where all of the country gathers together to watch a profession that is 70% black people in the profession, seems like a day where we're, we can just, just kind of enjoy it. We don't need to add the add that. But, um, you know, that does, that does happen. Um, one of the coaches was in tears during the Star Spangled Banners, one of the coaches of the Eagles. Um, and that was a nice moment. Um, and um, I, I very popular online. We had this story at Breitbart, um, one of the one of the coaches tearing up during the 
during the, the during the national anthem for the United States, and that was that was, that was a nice thing people had. Uh, Eagles fans were flipping cars before the Super Bowl even started, so we're always on riot watch. And uh, are you sitting down? There's some rioting going on in Philadelphia, and that took place overnight. Yeah, and it was apparently Super Bowl related. It wasn't just their garden variety typical Philadelphia Sunday evening riot that does take place quite a bit. But apparently there's additional rioting for some reason. They were going to riot if they won. They're going to riot if they didn't win. Uh, th- this is what happens when societies are start going in the wrong direction. So it's the they just riot for whatever reason. Uh, I have seen this as a very bad trend. It's really been escalating over the last 10 years or so. Because I know this when I started paying attention to politics closely, which I guess is probably maybe 22-ish years, um, you know, sort of full-time for, for 20, 20, uh, maybe 15, 17 years. Um, but I, I noticed the United States didn't have these rioting moments. Like other countries would riot after sporting events and riot after elections. And then lo and behold, the United States has amped up the amount of rioting that we do. And um, it's no exception here where you could see, uh, we'll have some more coverage for you at Breitbart News, but a lot right now uh, after the game, uh, riding at City Hall, F the Chiefs, facing down cops, tear gas, um, a lot of people climbing stuff, kind of daring the police to do stuff. It sounds so unpleasant if you're law enforcement. A lot of people wearing hoods, a lot of gr- aggressive behavior. Clearly, people don't have a lot of work to go do in the morning. Don't know why so many people care so much about sports and have no job. Seems like a bad sign. I, I would like to interview some people to ask about why they think this is a good use of time on a Sunday afternoon. It's a who's got the time for this? You know, I'm going to do, I'm going to riot because of the football game. Obviously, it's not just about a football game. If it is, that's really weird. But there's something going on in people's brains if you're going to be rioting over over this stuff. Over football, over nothing, just because you can riot. I would love to get a sense of why. Why do you think people do this? I'll add that to the pile um, of, of questions. Like, why do people just start rioting before games, after games? Okay, so the Navy had their flyover, which they do. And they included seven women in the flyover. First all-women flying team. Now, I'm curious how this this is chosen, how the seven people are chosen anyway. I, I'm always tempted to be cynical about this stuff because it is woke. It is pandering. Um, I don't know what, the, especially when you see some of the commercials where like there was an NFL commercial where it's all these girls playing football and... It's just a, how many of you associate football with women playing football? I'm not saying women can't play football. I mean, but is that is that what you think of when you think of the NFL? You think about the really talented women, multi-ethnic women, of course, speaking many languages. It, the problem is the pandering. It doesn't seem genuine to me. So I, I maybe these are terrifically impressive women. And so it, it, it's kind of cool, I guess. I'm not saying it's not cool. It is, I guess. I just don't... Um, it just would be interesting if people are missing out because every single thing we do has to have a diversity, equity, and inclusion element to it. I think six of the seven women are white, though. So that doesn't, that doesn't bode well. 
but doesn't bode well. This could cause some controversy. So it seems like we need to have more more diversity amongst the women here. I'm just saying. It just I don't think these women were the right women. It's great that they were women, but these women should have been more. I don't see anyone with a bone in their nose. I don't see any with those strange hoop earrings. I don't see any with glasses. I mean, I know that's not allowed for fighter pilot. You get like 15, 20 vision or 2015 vision. What is it? I don't know what it is. It's better than 2020 if you want to be a fighter pilot. Um. Anyway, I guess it's kind of cool. I just the the pandering just makes everything cringy. It just makes it feel like the spectacle just makes you feel a little uncomfortable with it. So I, the biggest thing of the night culturally is the halftime show, and it was very amusing for people that Rihanna was selected to do. I think it's Rihanna. I think is how they're supposed to pronounce it. Everyone says Rihanna though. But they, 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 I think it's Rihanna. Uh, she's a pop singer, and she's had a lot of a lot of big hits, and a lot of them are pretty pop friendly chart friendly she certainly got the look that people like these days good looking women uh no one could possibly tell where she was from unless someone explained it to you that's always the best look that's even better than being clearly from a certain part of the world just knowing it could be like one of seven parts of the world that's even better that's more woke than just oh this person clearly comes from this exotic place or that exotic place knowing that it might be like a combination of many exotic places which is the look she's got so pretty ideal for uh, the woke theme that's going on and uh, pretty pretty dang popular so um, but the problem is is that she is been very anti-American and she's been very anti-NFL and anti-football so she actually uh, was a big backer of Colin Kaepernick during his protests his kneeling protests. She said flat out she would not perform at the halftime show in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick in 2018. So when Colin Kaepernick was complaining about this country and um, said, you know, the NFL was forced for ill or whatever, so he had to protest it because NFL is really connected to whatever complaints rich activist Colin Kaepernick has about this country, uh, caused Rihanna to have a boycott, which she ended apparently. So, um, so she was getting roasted by the left for that. The right was roasting her for a lot of her past statements. She accused the U.S. Border Patrol of spraying tear gas in 2018. She got very upset because one of her songs was played at a Donald Trump rally. She called Tragic. That was also a Trump was president. Um, she backed Andrew Gillum. Remember Andrew Gillum? Andrew Gillum almost beat Ron DeSantis in the general election in Florida, uh, I guess four or five years ago. And then he turned out to have a pretty wild life and um, had a big fall from grace when he got caught, I guess, in some drug-induced thing, found a hotel room, meth, there's a meth, meth pipe of some sort. And he's married and father. Seemed to be some two other men there at the time. So, uh, but uh, Rihanna was really into him being the governor of Florida. So she's got great instincts in that regard. A lot of great instincts. Trump was absolutely furious, and he was apparently truth bombing, lots of anti-Rihanna stuff, and reasonably so. I mean, she's mean to Trump. So, but he was prejudging the halftime show, which is never a good move. It's never a good move. He was calling it the worst halftime show ever. 
She's insulted more than half the nation with foul and insulting language. And apparently she spray painted a car with F Donald Trump on it, according to Trump at least. Oh yeah, there she is. She's posing by one. It's kind of artistic. Yeah, that stuff's very distracting. It's very distracting and it makes you root against stuff. I, I watched the performance. The performance was fine. It didn't incorporate any woke stuff. It was really, it was, it was it, I admit, it wasn't for me. I admit, it wasn't for me. I, I don't know if they're auto-tuning her voice. If they are, then um, that's one thing. But if they're not, she sounded pretty great. So whatever they did to get her to sound great, she sounded pretty great. Certainly a lot better than most other singers in the past. A lot of vocal range. She's hitting all of her notes. So I'm wondering who, who made her do that. She looked very pregnant while she was there. And she could not dance. So she could barely even move, much less dance. And she's a young woman. So that was kind of surprising. It seemed like she was very low energy. She seemed very low energy for, you know, the biggest performance she'll ever do ever in front of 100 million people or whatever. So considering that, you know, people online were speculating that maybe there's something going on. Turned out she's pregnant, which is sort of impressive. It is. It does make you think of who was it was Serena Williams who won a Grand Slam tournament with uh, while she was pregnant. I mean, that's very cool. The problem is, though, is that needless to say, the baby's out of wedlock. So it's a, I would love to say this is a great pro-life moment, but it's not really because it does send a signal to just get pregnant without the benefit of a family for the baby. Um, but still, pretty pretty impressive feat, I have to say. And there's nothing really particularly bad to say about the performance, aside from there's a lot of humping and gyrating that goes on. But we're so numb to this. I can't tell whether or not to be outraged or not. I think I'm not outraged. I think at this point, if you know who's performing and you know their background of being a provocateur and you're watching the NFL, which is, you know, a violent sport, then I don't think you should be totally shocked. But there was it was very humpy. A lot of humping going on. A lot of dancers humping, a lot of her humping. Um, and we get the, once you see all the humping, we got a few different pages of Breitbart News. But it's just, I, I'm struggling to be outraged over it. And this is where I do want people's thoughts if you have them. Does this outrage you or does it make you outraged? Or do you feel like, yeah, it's just what it is at this point? I'm kind of there at this point. So just it feels like maybe there's a rule that if you don't grab your crotch at some point, you're not allowed to do the show. I don't think they could have you do the show without it. I think that's like a rule. Maybe she didn't even want to do the crotch grabbing, but they said, actually, you have to. You have to grab your crotch or we can't let you do it. This is the Super Bowl. What do you think this is? Um, so that's basically it. That's that is it in a nutshell. I, I suppose uh, I, for if anyone cares about the sports, I guess Kansas City is probably more conservatives out there than Philadelphia. But what, what can I say? What can I say? So not much more to say other than that. Uh, it was, I would say, pretty mild in terms of news and controversy, but still overwhelmed everything online. So uh, just enough for the woke crowd with the Black National Anthem. Um and just enough to be outraged over if you tune in these things to get outraged because Brianna's a woke person and then she's doing the humping stuff. But it wasn't so in your face that like, you know, some of the stuff we've been seeing at the Grammys 
with literally satanic images. So pretty mild overall. All right. So that is my uh, once a year discussion of the NFL. And that brings that to a close. And I evolve, if you would like to weigh in, uh, please do. We will now return to more traditional Breitbart News Daily content with the U.S. shooting down some unidentified objects over northern Canada. I'm kind of lost on this one so far. So we have uh, eyewitnesses identified another object over Lake Huron. Uh, Military shot it down. It's high altitude. So we've now shot down four things over the last week. One's in Canada, one's over Alaska, and then one off of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We know what that one was. So 20,000 feet up, this latest one, which was kind of right around the Upper Peninsula area, the UP of Michigan. So shout out to all my UP listeners. Um, we don't really know much about what's there. The object was detected by NORAD and NORTHCOM. So NORAD apparently does more than just tell you where Santa is. So that's cool. So we don't really know. They're UFO type things. Like we don't really know what they are yet. We just know we shot them down. And we're not really getting told what is the meaning of these things, what they're there for. And the government is talking a lot about how we got to keep people safe, got to keep people secure. We got to do a lot of safety. We're really looking out for everyone's safety. But we would like to know what these objects are. So people in Congress are telling me they're not informed on it. They don't know what's going on. Of course, I'll ask Congressman Van Orden when he gets here later what he's been being told. But the briefings on these things are supposed to take place this week from everything I'm being told. So in the meantime, we're just shooting a bunch of stuff down and unidentified objects violate American airspace, violate Canadian airspace. Even Justin Trudeau seemed pretty excited to shoot this latest one down. Be nice to know what they are. So um, Chuck Schumer said until a few months ago, we didn't know about the Chinese spy balloons. But they're blaming Trump for it, as they always do. Always blame Trump for it. So I was reminded um, that the U.S. has spy satellites that, are, that we've been floating everywhere. So the Pentagon testing mass surveillance balloons across the U.S. This is a story in the U.K. Guardian from 2019, making the rounds online. Other stories about how China puts out spy craft aircraft all around the world. Trying to make it seem like, well, you know, maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe this stuff happens all the time. So all we're getting is object, radar abnormality, got to keep everyone safe, shoot it down. I guess move on. So is the alien invasion here or is there more to what's going on? Because I'm guessing it's not aliens, just me. That'd be way too convenient because there's too much stuff to talk about. And if it is aliens, then we'd have to only only talk about aliens for a while. I'm guessing that's not it. So it'd be nice to know. If you have any sense of what you think it is, then I would like to hear all about it. Okay, other things that are out there. Another one that is just picking up steam, and I do recommend people keep this uh, on their radar is there is um, a a train crash that had lots and lots and lots of different 
chemicals on it. And these trains, the, this, these, these chemicals are really intense chemicals. And um, it is created this huge plume of chemical gas. And this was in Ohio. It's kind of, if you're, I guess it's um, just barely outside of Pennsylvania. And this is one where it's becoming a, another one where it's falling under on a Pete Buttigieg. People like to blame Pete. I don't know why they blame Pete so much. Oh, I know, because he was totally unqualified for his job and has no idea what he's doing. So one thing that's noteworthy here, it's East Palestine, Ohio. I think it's pronounced Palestine. So just off of Western Pennsylvania. So another one where the only information we're getting is from the people who are responsible for the train. So we're getting only spin. We have no government information. As far as I can tell, I've got a lot of contacts out there in the government, Pennsylvania and Ohio. No one's given me anything that's completely noteworthy to point out. Um, a lot of people who are, this is middle America, getting, getting completely ignored here. We have transportation secretary supposed to be on top of this stuff. We have spent more money on infrastructure than at any point in our history other than maybe World War II by a balance of our GDP. So, and I don't know how long these chemicals were linger in the air, but there are reports that debris was found like a mile from the blast. Highly, highly toxic stuff. And it almost has taken days to get any information at all about what's going on. So you noticing the pattern here? That the government is uh, not in a particular rush to give us answers to questions on the stuff. So they keep finding new chemicals. Um, there's reports that animals are getting sick and dying in the area. Uh, I'd be very careful about consuming the water there. Residents have evacuated for the most part. I would like to know how this thing crashed. Who is responsible for the crash? And can we tell? Can we learn more about what the train was up to, where it was going, why did it crash in a particular area? Uh, and is the how much did these chemicals travel? Maybe what I think they evacuate everything within a mile. Is that the right amount? Why a mile? Sounds kind of random. I'm I'm lacking some confidence here that we're getting the full picture. So if you've read or heard anything that you can add to this situation, I'm uh, very curious to get more. I'm hearing a lot of people feeling concerned. EPA is nervous about the quality of the air. Duh. Be nice to get a little more information. General notice of potential liability has been sent out from the EPA. Wow. It's going to be a lot of cleanup. Scary stuff. I don't like the, uh, the, the notion that our government, which is so focused on non-issues, like making sure it's only women who do the military flyover at uh, the Super Bowl, and then not on top of this stuff. You have to believe that our priorities are not exactly in order at this point in time. 
All right, other stuff that caught my mind or caught my eye over the weekend I want to bring up. Uh, Bill Gates is touting AI to help solve digital misinformation issues. Digital misinformation. So he thinks that humans are putting out too many lies and we need the computers to tell us what is the truth. Now, who controls the algorithms? People like Bill Gates. Bill Gates controlled the, the algorithms. And people who think and act just like Bill Gates. Rich people, rich tech nerds from Silicon Valley. They're the ones who control the algorithm. And they're in the pocket of the Democrat Party. Buzz with Hollywood. Buzz with the globalists. Want to uh, build their businesses out in China. And they're going to be the ones who are going to be building algorithms because now we've got these new AI chatbots that are in a deep competition right now. And they're going to be policing people like me. So whatever I tell you, is going to be, I have to run through a, a, a what he would like in Bill Gates's dystopian future. I have to run through one of his chatbots before uh, it, it's going to get to you. So if you want to use AI, then just know that you're going to get, or if you're forced to use AI, which whatever app you're using, internet browser, you're going to get warned by some algorithm that whatever uh, uh, that you're getting reported to you does not pass Bill Gates' smell test. So just know that there's never an end to the way totalitarians think. They never think they have enough power. They never think they have enough money. They never think they have enough ability to control your life. And that will continue. It will go on and on and on. And just look for this with this disinformation. There's another story over the weekend, another big effort to create an index of uh, misinformation, disinformation, and uh, this is a, a false misleading flagged by Xander, uh, which is an ad company that's been changed hands a few times. Um, but it is, it was one that used to be owned by AT&T. I don't know who owns it now. But they basically put a blacklist on every conservative outlet imaginable from Breitbart to... Daily Caller, Washington Examiner, even kind of mild ones like Hot Air, um, mostly marked as false and misleading. So don't put your ads there because of the chicksontheright.com is false and misleading. But another one, which is noteworthy, is Breitbart.tv, which is where we put clips and transcripts of stuff that happens on cable news. That is the point of Breitbart.tv. We don't do anything else. There's no articles there. There's no opinion pieces. It is transcripts of what happens on cable news, for the most part, and other news programs, was marked as as hate speech. Not just false and misleading, but hate speech. This is used to, dis- to defund conservative media. This is what is used to make it so that it's harder for my business to grow. It's harder for me to hire more journalists. It's harder for me to give my best journalists promotions, make sure they stay for a long time. Because we get discriminated against by ad agencies because of our viewpoint. And you can tell this because if you look at the blacklist, it's 100% conservative websites. Mild ones, ones that are on the cutting edge, ones that are not on the cutting edge, it doesn't matter. And these are not hardcore places. 
realclearpolitics.com, which uh, syndicates the best opinion pieces left and right, not sufficiently left-wing enough. So it's based off of the Global Disinformation Index, which is a British organization, and the GDI. This is going to be a big, big issue. Remember that. GDI, Global Disinformation Index, is going to come up quite a bit. Um, Their efforts to choke off conservative media are very intense. And we've given this, we had to give this more thought than I would have liked to. Over the uh, over recent year, uh, uh, months here at Breitbart, this is the, posing a real threat. So Xander's owned by Microsoft now, I guess. So it used to be, I think, AT and T. It's changed hands, as I've, I've mentioned. But they're all in on it together. I was so struck during the Super Bowl at how corporate everything is. Um, just a reminder of how the real culture wars right now are being fought on the corporate front. This was the sort of last frontier for wokeness. For authoritarians and a lot of us missed it we didn't at Breitbart we were on top of it more than anyone but Fox YouTube and Google Microsoft Surface all were the sort of the main sponsors you saw Elon Musk who owns Twitter and Tesla and his huge contract with our government in China sitting next to Rupert Murdoch at the game so a lot of you Musk super fans please explain that one to me Globalist-controlled opposition, Rupert Murdoch, is the one who uh, hanging out with Musk. And, of course, the huge levels of advertising. I could read all the different people with big sponsorships. I will tell you, they're not the type of people who will sponsor any battles in the news. I'll tell you that. It's all the same, same stuff. The Apple Music halftime show. You guys probably caught that one. So corporation has set the tone of what is truth, what you can see, what is your entertainment, and all of it's going to be an eye on making more money, getting more power, etc. But if you dare report on stuff that balances out status quo, then you're going to be uh, put on a, one of Microsoft's blacklists. Do the Global Disinformation Index, self-appointed people in the UK and the think tank who get to assess what Americans get to, what American businesses thrive, which ones don't. Big, big deal. And it's not something that's on the horizon, it's something that's here. This is here, this is happening, and it's not going to stop. It's not going to slow down anytime soon. All right, I'll throw out, um, I want to take a break here, but then get some calls in if you feel like giving me a buzz. And um, But I will throw out one woke update. New Hampshire students are protesting because urinals have been banned in a gender debate. Dozens of students walked out of their New Hampshire school after the district banned urinals in a compromise to a a proposal that would have blocked children from using facilities based on their gender identity. This is from someone named Patrick Whittle, the Associated Press. So, over in Europe, I'm sorry, over over in Europe, it's a fruiting slip, New Hampshire, they're banning urinals. Urinals are the problem. We're on a war against biological gender. Okay? Biological sex. Gender is a cultural construct, pretty much. So the idea of sex is under attack. In the meantime, Bill Gates wants stand-up AI to censor misinformation. You've got the Microsoft 
advertiser, Xander, censoring conservatives, but only conservatives. You've got the entirety of the corporate world teaming up to tell you exactly what entertainment's acceptable. And then in the meantime, we got this stuff going on in our backyard where we're being told that it's actually some sort of a, 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 a some sort of discriminatory thing to have urinals. Children got to be blocked from having urinals as a compromise in a debate. So the people who don't believe there's men and women are the ones who are going to be in control of what information you have. Scary stuff. And I do want to warn you that it's not just coming, it's here. Stuff is here. It's happening now. All right, Congressman Derek Van Orden is on the broadcast. He's got a lot of military experience, so it makes him, uh, I think, a particularly uh, worthy person to weigh in on what's going on with our tensions with China, with their crafts over our airspace and Canada's as well. And he does bring some levity to a pretty scary situation. Let's hear the interview. Congressman, great to have you back on the show. I'm nervous to ask my first question because I'm afraid that you're not going to have much more information than I've got. But I would like to know what well, is flying over our country. Here is, here <laughs> I don't is, even have to ask it. Here's the, here's the answer to the question. Uh, I don't watch football after the Packers are out. That's okay. It. So I don't even know what to do. <laughs> there you go. Okay. No, it's good. It's good. No, I don't watch much of it either. Um, I got to stay up on it for the news, but it's the, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a huge consumer uh, of that content. I got to ask you about what's flying over our country. What is flying over our country? Do we have any idea what it is? Are you getting briefed on it? Are you confident that uh, everything is under control? Or are we getting surprised by something or someone or something? Um, so what's flying over our country appears to be a series of balloons that have payloads that are capable of doing um, electronic surveillance. We don't know if they're capable of doing any type of electronic warfare yet, at least I don't personally, meaning uh, doing electromagnetic pulses to shut down different types of electric grids. We don't know if they are carrying or potentially can carry different biological agents. Um, we don't know these things. As far as being briefed, no, I have not been. I talked to uh, Senator Johnson, apparently the DOD's uh, ranking member of Homeland Security. I'm not on a bunch of sexy committees. I'm on workhorse committees in uh, Congress right now. But my staff is uh, coordinating with DOD as we speak um, to figure out if uh, we can get a few more answers. So here's the issue. Um, the response by the Biden administration has been inadequate. They waited for this, the initial one, the first one that got shot down off of South Carolina till it traversed the entire United States of America over multiple sensitive military sites. Then they shot one down over Alaska, then Canada, then one over Lake Huron. Um, the problem is, is that when you show strategic weakness, with the, which Biden has done since he was vice president when Vladimir Putin invaded Crimea, um, all the way through the abandonment of our folks in Afghanistan, uh, and then this response, this apoplectic, or excuse me, this uh, um, pathetic response to these initial balloon incursions, uh, it doesn't bode well. So, no, I'm not comfortable at all 
uh, and their statements, they come out, out of an abundance of caution, we shot these down. How about because our territorial airspace has been invaded by a hostile communist uh, entity? That should have been the statement. Hey, China, we know what you're up to. Knock it off. So even the the tone that the Biden administration is setting yes. is pathetic. I, I was going to ask you about caution. that. If you don't... Uh, so out of a, if someone breaks into your house, you don't defend yourself out of abundance of caution. You defend yourself because they broke into your house. Does that make sense? <laughs> These people are breaking into our house. They're stealing our lunch every damn day. And we're sitting around saying, out of abundance of caution for civilian air traffic. How about you broke into my house? It's enough. I, I shouldn't laugh because it's really not funny, but in a way it is. Well, I want to share well, with you. To, Sure. I try to put things into ways that folks can understand because these ideas, you're like, you sent balloons from, you know, another continent to conduct incredibly sensitive uh, surveillance operations and potentially hostile actions, including kinetic actions. Uh, you sent them to the United States. It's really hard to, to conceptualize that. So having someone break into your house, that's a real easy way to look at things. Yeah, and I've people got. People don't understand or, or remember. I mean, I don't remember. I read about it in a book, even though I look like Father Time. I wasn't around during World War II. But the the <laughs> Japanese sent uh, balloons across the Pacific during World War II to start fires in the Pacific Northwest. People don't remember that. So it is not beyond reason. It's not some weird theory that you can use these balloons for kinetic actions. It's happened. It's been proven in history. Let's not forget that. Yeah, it's um, if someone was flying a drone over my backyard, um, I've got a long stick that I use. It's a, it's got a brush on the end of it to clean some heavy duty stuff that I have I have at the ready. I would just hit the drone with that. I, I wouldn't be out of an abundance of caution. It'd be that the drone was over my house, like that. That would be it. So, and then we're acting like we have to apologize to people, get permission from people, we have to equivocate. Uh, but one thing that this White House has done, which is very odd and and maybe not odd maybe this is very strategic and calculated is they have a person who's in charge of their messaging who no one thinks knows anything that's going on her name's green john pierre here's a taste of how she's been framing this on television let's play cut nine please mr zach why is why is the american military shooting something out of the sky over Canada because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a it, part of a it's a it's a what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, consortium, a, a pact so, of nations, a pact okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that again. It, we didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in in uh, in uh, clearly in 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 in, in step with uh, right. Canada. Canada, uh, Canada, Congressman. Um, yeah. So. <clears throat> I believe Ron DeSantis, the uh, governor of Florida, commented on this already, <laughs> that we need to make sure that we... No, I mean, come on. Let's just stop pretending. Um, this the, the White House, from the development of the messaging that reflects the policy and then is delivered, all three of those steps uh, are just... They're pathetic. There's no other way to describe this. So the, the policy that the Biden administration is setting, the developing of the messaging, and then the delivery of the messaging is is, is pathetic. The, the American people don't know what's taking place right. above their country right now. We just don't know. And now is not the time 
for a pickup game. Um, they've shown strategic weakness and incompetence in really just about every uh, aspect of governance since they've taken office. And things appear to be getting real at this point. I don't mean to alarm your audience. I'm not privy to some you know, secret information that I'm not sharing with the American public. But things appear to be getting real at this point. And it's time for a real, mature group of, of folks. Um, for General Milley and the rest of his Sugar Hill gang to not um, advise the president to shoot that, build, that first balloon down until after it traversed the entire country, Again, I, I can't think of a thing that guy's done correct. So they need a clean sweep of the Department of Defense. The National Security Advisor needs to go. Um, Blinken needs to go from Afghanistan. He should not have been there. So we do not have the type of leadership in place right now that is required if we get into um, what can only be described as a global conflagration which, again, I don't have any secret information saying that that's the way we're moving, but I am a, a student of history. So we need strong leadership, decisive leadership, leadership that is both thoughtful but also understands the, the cruelty of war and how important it is to avoid it. And the only way to avoid war is to uh, be strong. They've just set the bar so low in terms of leadership. I mean, every one of these generals who the has been tapped by Biden to lead his various departments have uh, never missed an opportunity to uh, show us that they're they're taking their eye off the ball. Uh, the press secretaries have been both unimpressive. The latest one being it feels almost pointless to ask her questions because she's no idea what's going on. Uh, it, it feels it's very disheartening in a way, but it also creates a bit of a smokescreen. So we feel like uh, at least we in the media uh, we cannot get any sense of what's going on. Best case scenario is someone like you will, will share something with us, someone who actually is getting information directly from uh, whatever intelligence uh, avenues there are, but that is still severely limited. And I, it is very frustrating and disheartening to try to inform a vast audience of people what's happening above our country. And this is what we get. We get Canada. We don't know what a consortium is. It, it is, that's the entirety of what we're being Told aside from when Chuck Schumer goes out there, let's play cut 10, please, Mr. Zach. The first balloon, there was a much different rationale, which I think was the appropriate rationale. Uh, we got enormous intelligence information from surveilling the balloon as it went over the United States. Didn't the Chinese watching. get enormous intelligence as well? Well, they, they could have been getting it anyway, but we have to know what they're doing, okay? And we don't know exactly, but we got a lot of that. They could have been getting it anyway. What is he talking about? Listen. Unfortunately, the Democrat Party cannot say anything against the regime. So they have to bend backward, bend themselves, bend over backwards to justify anything the Biden administration does, because any thing that they say against the Biden regime will be held against them. So that is an incredibly foolish statement. They're going to be getting it anywhere. OK, from what? From the fact that they've uh, been conducting this huge intellectual property steal for the last decade or so. Yeah, you're right. How about TikTok? Does Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer have TikTok on his phone? Yes, they're gathering tremendous amounts of information from multiple different platforms. That doesn't mean you let it go. Um, so here's what I'd like to see from the Biden administration. Stop talking and start doing some more stuff. If we're not sanctioning China, and if we don't 
if we don't hold them directly accountable for this sort of stuff, then the Biden administration once again will prove itself to be toothless. And here's the problem. They get themselves backed into a corner to the point where they have to overreact to things. So there needs to be real talk. I would hope that the president's national security team is discussing with leadership in Congress as we speak how we can work collectively as a unified American government to thwart a hostile power. I mean, I can get off the phone here and call Kevin McCarthy real quick and see if that's happening, but I don't think he is. I don't know if I want to waste a quarter. And for you listening or your audience, yeah. a quarter is what it used to cost. Right? <laughs> um, right. So how should we act as responsible, um, a responsible government? The Biden administration should be speaking directly to Congress right now. And we yes. should act as the whole of government approach. I don't think that's happening because the Biden administration does, has no idea how to govern. You know, Congressman, I, I've been um, working on some projects, so I haven't been on the broadcast as often as as usual. And still, you're the third or fourth person I've interviewed since the original Chinese balloon was identified, um, who has not just in the Congress currently, but has military experience. And no one has had of the three or four people that I've asked, none none of them have had much more information than I've had or, or you guys are all holding it back, which I'm guessing you're not. So it's the it, how come there's not a rush to brief all of you? So at a minimum, you can convey to your constituents and the people who pay attention to you and follow you online well, that the government's on top of this. Well, let me tell you something. They held a classified briefing for the first uh, balloon after it was sort of a debrief. I intentionally did not go to that brief. And the reason being is they had everybody sign a non-disclosure statement so they couldn't talk about what was in the brief. Um, I'm not Adam Schiff. I will never knowingly disclose classified information to anybody. That's you. That's off the record, on the record. I will never do that. Um, there are things that must be kept secret uh, in order to thwart our adversaries. Um, with that said, uh, the Biden administration has failed to reach out writ large, other than that single incident, uh, to Congress. So you understand I've been on both sides of the fence here, meaning I've been in the military with the TSSEI code word security clearance for almost three decades. So I know how important it is to shepherd or to uh, protect classified information and not disclose it willy-nilly, especially for political reasons like Adam Schiff did. But when we're talking about we're talking about a national security thing. We've had four, at a minimum, four intrusions uh, or incursions into our airspace within about a week. It's time that we change the way we look at things, meaning the relationship between the executive and the, the uh, legislative branch of the country. And I don't see that change. Let's talk about the broader threat of China and what you fear they can they can do if they're able to breach our airspace like this. Um, what do you think they're trying to gather? And do you think there, do you have any indication that they could potentially put uh, some sort of a weapon in place where they've been able to put whatever these trial balloons are? What they're up to? I'm not quite sure what, what the, the different uh, variables are or what they could be up to. They could be up to testing our, our air defense that appears to have taken place. They could be up to uh, looking at how our uh, national security architecture reacts to what can only be described as a uh, nonlinear or a a 
asymmetric threat. Um, so they've done that. Uh, they're seeing how far these things can penetrate with different types of propulsion systems. So how much, how much, uh, what type of engine would they need to actually steer these balloons with the, the uh, jet stream? Meaning how far off the jet stream current could they maneuver these balloons willingly? They've done that. I'm sure that they are, they could be potentially testing if they have an interlink between a Chinese satellite and these balloons to make sure that they can uplink information that way and also control the balloons from satellites. They have done that. It appears that they've tested several different types of payloads and balloon types. They've done that. So really, everything from carrying a payload that is capable of doing electromagnetic pulse, which should shut down our power grids across the nation, to carrying biological weapons, chemical weapons. Um, I don't know, again, because I intentionally did not go to the classified portion of this, so I would not knowingly disclose classified information. I don't know what type of payload as far as weapons, meaning unconventional weapons or special weapons are referred to in the DOD, if they could carry those. But really, at this point, the world is China's oyster, and uh, we're just sitting here watching it go by. Uh, so, yeah, I, again, I don't want to fearmonger. I don't want to get people all worked up. But I'm a retired Navy SEAL senior chief with 26 years in the military and five combat tours who grew up in the 70s and 80s under a nuclear threat from the Soviet Union, and I am deeply concerned about this because even during the Cold War, a hostile power never had this many things intrude in our airspace that weren't reacted to. Or they just didn't, actually didn't have them. I, I don't recall these types of incursions ever taking place during the Cold War, and we've had four of them in a week under the Biden administration. So what? I, right now I'm not sleeping well. Congressman, what do you think is an appropriate response so far? What has been an appropriate response? No, what well, what should our response be? What do you believe would be an appropriate response from the U.S. government based on what we know thus far? I think that the, the Secretary of State needs to call the Chinese ambassador, uh, summon him, and say, guess what? Uh, knock this stuff off now. Geez, at a minimum, they've shot four sidewinders. Those are 470000 you know, let's call it $500,000 a piece, hand them a bill for $2 million for the missiles it took to shoot down their stuff. But we need to make it crystal clear and start putting on the table a huge package of sanctions. And from my perspective on the Agriculture Committee, uh, we have a tremendous amount of interaction with China. Um, I'm on the Transportation Infrastructure Committee. I'm on the Veterans Administration Committee. Um, so there needs to be a massive package of sanctions and from canada too or excuse me canada also should be submitting these and saying if we even think if we even think you're doing this again this is what's happening and it's not negotiable uh, it's time to show absolute iron will here by the government a hostile communist body party has uh, the Chinese Communist Party, a hostile entity, has invaded our airspace four times in a week. Enough. Knock it off. This is not something you talk about. This is a yes or no. Some things in life are binary. This is a binary decision. If you do this again, here is this. 
stack of sanctions. And otherwise, they're going to keep doing this. So these would be called, if we were conducting a military operation, and this is in JP5, Joint Planning Document 5, these would be called phase zero operations, meaning all the stuff that you do to prepare an environment for battle. This, these would be classic uh, phase zero operations. Understand the electronic warfare uh, arena that you're entering into, understand the responses, the, the command and control structures, all that stuff. You get all this mapped out prior to doing something. If I was writing a, a unconventional warfare campaign plan or an annex to a campaign plan, uh, this is what I'd be doing. And I know that because I've done that. Congressman Derek so Van Orden. Well. Yeah, and I don't think any of us are feeling very good about this situation either. Congressman Van Orden is from Wisconsin and also deep authority on these matters, retired Navy SEAL. Congressman, really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Have a, uh, hey, by the way, who won the game? Um, I think um, I, I think the Chiefs won the last the last minute. I oh. think that's right. Oh, you know what? That Mahomes guy seems like a good dude. He seems like a nice guy. He does, and he's good at sports. Yeah. It's true. It's yeah. true. <laughs> and he's good at sports, apparently. Yeah, apparently, apparently he's pretty <laughs> well, good. A... <laughs> the, the, thanks, Congressman. I appreciate it. Yeah, he's um, uh, he's been in the Super Bowl uh, three last four years, which I was not aware of until because I don't think I've watched the Super Bowl last four years. Uh, but I'm aware of what goes on at it. Co Congressman, thank you. Appreciate the levity also. I'm American made. I got American parts. That's today's show. Thanks so much to producer Zach Jones. Pulling double duty today, Robert Marlowe, Healthy Pick Topics, and all of you who share our content at Breitbart.com and all of the social web. Can't thank you enough. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I got